Blog Talk Radio. Praise God and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. The devil is a lie. I've been having problems getting in. Evangelist Taylor, can you hear me? I'm here, Apostle. You got the mic. Two hours. Praise God. Praise God. Well, praise the Lord. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. Our mailing address is um, P.O. Box 1148, Walkertown, North Carolina. We're located right here in 27105-4123. And if you would like to contact us, you can by reaching out to us on the web at www.wallsoffiredeliverancemin.com. Our email address is get245 at msn.com. That's jet 245 at msn.com. If you are led by the Spirit to sow uh, a financial blessing into this ministry, please do so at PayPal 336-830-0601 or by Zelle using jet245 at msn.com. Now, our phone number, again, is 336-830-0601. And you can also join us Monday through Saturday at 12 noon, that's Eastern Standard Time, for the Sweet Hour of Prayer, where uh, myself and a group of others, uh, we come together and we pray for one hour. Jesus said to his disciples, can you not pray with me for one hour? And the answer is, yes, Lord. We can pray with you for at least one hour. That phone number is 425-436-6333. The code is 716-5050. That's Monday through Saturday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time and on Sunday night at 8 p.m. We come together and we pray for one hour, and we call it the sweet hour of prayer. So you're invited to join us. Also, tell a friend, tell your family, anyone that you know that is in need of prayer, have them call on the prayer line. We will be happy to pray with you and for you. Glory be to God. So we want to give God thanks for that. Now let's get into tonight's message, which is backsliders come home. So I'm going to, you know, uh, uh, make a clarion call tonight for we're calling all backsliders, calling all backsliders. If you are tuned in to this broadcast tonight, I this message is specifically for you. So let's go now to the word of the Lord, Luke chapter 15, and we're going to start at verse number 11. Glory be to God. And it reads, and he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And many, not many days after, 
the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a famine in the land. And he began to be in want. And he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields feed swine. And he would have fain he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. Um just lost my place. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of my hired of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto the father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this thy son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now, I'm going to stop right there for a moment because I want to go back over this, and I want to just uh, teach from it um, verse by verse. All right, there was a man that had two sons. And the youngest son, which was the immature and foolish son, said to his father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. Now, what this son did, I I believe he did it ignorantly because he was young and foolish, but what this son did, was really treated his father as if he were dead. Because you don't get the inheritance until the person is passed away. But he couldn't wait. He wanted it right then. And, you know, we see a lot of that today. We see a lot of that going on in our society today. Uh, I think Second Timothy gives us an accurate description of these last days. It's called 
uh, the coming apostasy. I, I say it's here now. It says, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. I, I could write a whole book on that, just disobedient to parents. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth makers, breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. That means they're uh, uh, they're jealous, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. This young man fit that description. The sad part about this is there are a lot of young people today that fit that same description. I um, spoke at a, 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 a luncheon today, and it was uh, a parent. It was a parent luncheon. And um, these parents, some of them talked about the problems that they're having with their teenagers. Um, and they're having some serious problems. You would think it's it's the 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 fourteen year old and fifteen year old, but many of them said they're having problems with their nine and ten year old. And it's just amazing how these parents, many these were women, single parent women, and um, they provide for at least three or four children. One woman had six children today. And she provides, she is the sole provider for her children. And her children are giving her a hard time. They are disobedient to parents and without natural affection, unthankful. You give kids things today. I've been an educator for 20 years, and I've worked with students all the time. And, you know, whenever I give them something, in most cases, um, I have to remind them to say thank you, and I have to say uh, you're welcome to provoke them to say thank you. That's uh, to me, that's just unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I was always taught when someone gives you something, even if it's something that you don't like, say thank you. Say thank you because nobody to give you anything. They thought enough of you to give you something. You should just automatically know to say thank you. But these young people today are unthankful and unholy, just as Second uh, Timothy chapter 3 says, they are without natural affection. In other words, they don't even seem to know that they should uh, be obedient to their parents. They're blasphemous. I've never heard such profanity in my life. And they're disobedient to parents. They're truth breakers, incontinent, fierce. They will fight their parents. So we're seeing 
a, a magnification of what this prodigal son was like. He said to his father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. Now, his father wasn't even dead, but he wanted his father's stuff. He couldn't wait for his father to die and him to inherit it. And it's sad to say that there are some young people like that, and they're not all teenagers, that cannot wait for their parents to die. They want their houses. They want their cars. They want their money. They want any property they have. And some will even help them get out of the way and kill their own parents. They know what they have. They know what the insurance policy is. They know who the beneficiary is, and they want it now. They don't want to wait till you die. So this young man, he found himself in that position. Now, he didn't kill his father, but he said, give me my stuff. I know I'm the beneficiary. Give it to me now. I don't want to wait till you die. In other words, you've taken too long. Give it to me now. And that's what sin is. Sin always says, I must have it now. Sin does not want to wait. It does not want to wait. And the Bible tells us if we walk after the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, and all of the lust of the flesh is not uh, sexual. There's the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. This young man wanted whatever was coming to him before his father died, and to say that was to treat his father as if he were already dead. And so the father gave it to him. And the Bible says not many days later, he took off. He took off because he uh, wanted to go and spend his money. He wanted to go have him a good time. See, he was full of pride, arrogance. And the Bible said he did not waste no time getting out of there to go spend that money. Now, we're already seeing how immature he is because he asked for his father's for his inheritance while his father was still living. The next thing is he takes off. The third thing is the Bible says he went and took a journey into a far country. Not only did he leave home, but he went far away from home. And I guarantee you he had no experience with money, none whatsoever. So all he wants to do is party and have him a good time. And his father gave him the money, and he took off. And the Bible says he went to a far country and there wasted his substance. He was king for a day. He went out, had him a good time, left home, left the safety of his father's home, left the security of his father's home left the provision of his father's home. His father provided him everything, but he left. He left because he thought there was something better out there, and he thought he knew what it was he wanted in life, and he thought he was going to find it. He thought money 
was the answer to all of his problems. He thought, I'll just go out here with all my money, and I will have a good time. I won't have to work. I won't have to do anything, and I'm just going to live it up. And that was the furthest thing from the truth. So the Bible says that when he went out and spent the money, he wasted it with riotous living, which means he was partying. There are so many people that have walked away from God, walked away from the ark of safety, walked away from the protection, walked away from the provision. You see, he's our Jehovah Jireh. He has promised to supply all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But there are people that think, I want more and I want it faster. So they've left. They've left serving God. This young man walked away from the security of his home. And the Bible says, and when, not if, when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. You know, it reminds me of a crack addict. Uh, people that get on crack, they often leave home. They go out there in the streets. They're going to make it on their own. And I have never in my life seen a, success, a successful crack addict. Never. Never seen one run a business. Never seen one... Uh, 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 amount to anything, never seen one actually prosper, never seen a crack addict that just uh, went out there and, and, and did it up. No, it's quite the opposite. I know because I was one of them. The Bible says he went out there and there arose a mighty famine and he began to be in want. You see, when you leave home, Home is the place where you are safe. Home is the place where you are loved. Home is the place. There's so much to that you have at home that you take for granted. I mean, you turn the lights on, they come on. You turn the water on, you turn the faucet on, the water comes out. You want to take a shower? There's water. You want something to eat? Go in the refrigerator. There's food in there. You didn't put it there, but it's there. And because you live in the home, you have access to everything that's in that home. But when you leave that home, he left, he went to a far country, and he wasted his living. He wasted what he had. And the Bible says he began to be in want. In other words, he ended up broke, quick, fast, and in a hurry. He was king for a day. You know, as long as you got money, you got plenty of friends. But when your money run out, your friends run out. And when they run out, they go back home. And they left him. He didn't have nowhere to go. Not one of his friends saying, hey, you know, you spent all your money on me and us, and you can come and stay at my house. 
not one of them. You see, the enemy, he is good at showing you one part of the picture. He will not show you everything. He did not show this young man this mighty famine that was coming. He did not show him that he was going to be in want. He did not show him the hunger that he was going to face. He did not show him the destitution and the desperation. He did not show him the depravity of leaving home, wasting his living, going in a far country. He didn't show him all of that. All the enemy showed him was going to have a good time. He's going to be his own man. He's going to do it his way. That's all the enemy showed him. I'm going to be on my own. And that's how Satan deceives people today. People that leave their husband and leave their wives to go off with another man, and you know you got a good husband or you got a good wife, the enemy doesn't show you what you're going to have to go through. You think it's going to be peaches and cream, but it is not. The pleasures of sin are but for a season. The enemy will not show you how you're going to suffer. Because you have caused suffering. And the scripture says that, that a man soweth, he shall also reap. So the enemy didn't show him. As a matter of fact, the enemy is a liar. The scripture says the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He comes to destroy marriages and to destroy homes and to destroy lives. That's all he does. Those are the only three things. That's his job description. But he does, and he's a liar. But he does not show you the entire picture. He doesn't show you the handcuffs. He doesn't show you uh, uh, them putting you in the back of the police car. He doesn't show you getting beat upside the head with a nightstick or shot by the very people who's supposed to serve and protect. He doesn't show you that. There are so many people, I'm talking to you tonight, who have left the ark of safety. You have left off serving God. You thought there was something better out there. There's nothing better than the Lord. As a matter of fact, the only thing that is out there is death. The scripture says, for the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Jesus said that I am come, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's John 10, 10. And people leave their home. People leave the church. People leave the Lord. And they say, I'm going to do it my way singing that old Frank Sinatra song. I did it my way. The scriptures tell us there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, and he knoweth not the end thereof. So this young man went out, and he found himself in want. And the scripture says he went and joined himself. Now all his friends are gone. Everybody that he partied with, everybody that he bought drinks for, everybody that he smoked with, everybody 
that he caroused with. All of the women are gone. He bought them all sorts of things, gifts and, and, and nice things. All of them are gone. And he is by himself. The devil will never show you the end of the thing. He'll just plant a seed, which is going to be a lie, and he'll make you think that this is how it's really going to be. And the Bible says that he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he said, now he, 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 and he has a father who loves him. He's wealthy, gave him everything he ever needed, provided for him, took care of him. He left that to go off into a far country and waste his money. And the Bible says that when, when everything was over with, when it was all gone, found himself in want because of the famine, he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. So he went and got him a job. And the only job he could get was slopping holes. That's the only job he could get. So because he's in such a far country, he's so far away from home, he had to take what he could get. And the Bible says that he would have filled his belly with the same husk that the swine ate because no man gave him anything to eat. That's how the enemy is. When all your money's gone, so are all your friends. When the good time's over, so is the party. Everybody's gone. And now he's alone. So he got this little job. It's not even a good job. And the only job he could get was feeding hogs. He is now living in squalor and utter humiliation. He had servants at home. He told people what to do. And now he's being told what to do. And the scripture says, no man gave unto him. He was shooting bad. And the Bible says in the next verse, when he came to himself, he had a wake-up call. The scripture says, blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm. That's what I'm doing tonight. Sounding the alarm to wake up the backslide and to call you to come back home. Glory be to God in the highest. When he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And here I am perishing with hunger. You see, he had hit rock bottom. There was nowhere else for him to go. He couldn't get any lower. He's feeding hogs, and he don't even have food 
to eat that the hogs got. He don't have anything. He's about to perish. He's famished, malnourished, dehydrated, homeless, indigent. And nobody will give him anything. So he said, I will arise. And I will go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. You see, he got a revelation while he was in that whole team. He realized that he had it better at home, that his father took good care of him, and that his father loved him. And he had done a very foolish thing because he was too immature to handle wealth. And now that it was all gone and he found himself destitute, he realized, I'm going back home. He didn't let pride get in his way. And he made up his mind before he ever got back home. You know, the problem with so many backsliders today is that they know they need to come back to the Lord. But they are too proud to humble themselves and come back correctly. You see, you can't go back just talking about, oh, I'm back. No, you got to repent. You got to repent. And it's sad that these preachers are preaching that you don't have to repent anymore. I don't know what Bible they're reading from. My Bible still says repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. But they are preaching a repentless salvation today. And it has no power. Because you must humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You must acknowledge him in all your ways so that he can direct your path. You just got to go back and say, Father, I have sinned. I have sinned against you, and I'm not even worthy to be called your son. And the Bible said he asked him to take him back as a hired servant. He humbled himself. And that's the problem today. Backsliders are in sin, and they say, well, I'm just going to go on. I'm I'm living this way. I'm going to die this way. But you can go back. You know why? Because God loves you, and it is not his will that any should perish. If I could open your head and pour that into your head, my job would be done tonight. You need to know that the love of the Father is greater than any sin you or I could ever commit. The scriptures tell us in Lamentations, His compassions fail not. His mercies 
They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. If God were to judge us after our sin, who could stand? He is ever merciful. His mercy endures forever. So the son, he went back home. The Bible says he told his daddy, I'm not even worth being called your son anymore. You can just make me, just give me a job as one of your servants. Because he knew that the servant, his father's servant, ate better than he did. So he arose and walked all the way back home to his father's house. He put his pride aside. You see, sometimes you got to put that pride aside. You got to realize, I messed up. I had it good in my daddy's house. I had it good serving God. No, I wasn't a millionaire, but I was saved. I walked with God. I talked with God. I heard his voice in the cool of the evening. God spoke to me on countless occasions. He led me. He guided me. He fed me. He clothed me. He provided for me. He made a way when there seemed like there was no way. He opened doors, slammed shut in my face. God has been good to me. He has never failed to come through to me. Not one thing that I ever needed God for did he ever fail me. He kept on blessing me even when I didn't deserve it. He kept on providing and making a way. God didn't leave me. I left him. And I'm going to go back to God because he is the only one who ever loved me in spite of it all. He has loved me with an everlasting love. Glory be to God. So I'm going back. And the Bible says he arose and came to his father. I don't know how long this young man walked, but he walked back home. He got there, and as he was walking down the road, his father saw him afar off. Let me tell you what that means. What that means is, his father looked down that road every day for his son. He believed that he would one day come home. I don't believe that this father just happened to be there on this particular day. I believe that every day his father went to the road and look down that road for his son. He looked to see if he could see him coming. He never gave up on his son. 
He never gave up. He never turned his back on his son. He never said, I'm done with him. He never said, well, that's that. He gone, and that's the end of that. He never did. He loved him so much. The Bible says it this way. For God so loved the world that he gave only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. The scriptures tell us that God is married to the backslider. So today, I'm calling the backsliders back. Come home. Glory be to God. Backsliders, come home. You have no peace. You have no joy. You, 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 you've lost everything. And now you need to come home. You found out that it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. You found out that the party is over. You found out the people that you thought were with you really were not with you. You found out that when you didn't have anything else to offer, they no longer want to be bothered with you. People went in their houses and slammed the door in your face. Say, business, how do you know that? Because they did it to me. They did it to me. That's the way the world is. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. You think life is hard, but the way of the transgressor is hard. I found it hard out in those streets. There was no honor among thieves. People that I had been kind to, people that I had stuck by, people that I thought were my ace coon boom, my homie, my ride or die. When I was in need, they closed the door in my face. They cut off the lights and closed the door. When I didn't have anywhere to stay, they didn't want to be bothered. The only way they would open their doors to me is if I had something to offer them. They were cutthroats. And these were the people that I thought were my friends. But I had to do what this prodigal son said. I had to humble myself and put aside my pride and go back to my father's house because I knew he was the only one who really loved me. He loved me in spite of myself, in spite of all my flaws, Spite of all my quirks and problems, I found out that God really loved me. And I made up my mind, I'm going back. I'm going back to my Father. Glory be to God. And the Bible says that when he was yet a great way off, his Father saw him and had compassion on him and ran 
The scriptures tell us that the angels in heaven rejoice over one lost soul. I feel the Holy Ghost. One lost soul. Somebody might say, well, he ain't nothing. He ain't important. He ain't nothing. But God don't feel that way. It was told to me, I don't know who said it, but there was a person that said this concerning me. There just ain't no hope for her. A Christian. And I said, wow. And I asked the young lady to never tell me who it was that said it. I didn't need to know. I didn't want to know because I didn't want to harbor that or hold that against it. But that's what was said, that there's no hope for her. And here I am today, and saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, 29 years. And all that I can say is to God be the glory. This young man went back home, and his father had his father saw him. He's waiting by the side of the road, watching every day, and he had compassion on him. And the Bible says he ran to his son and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father. I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. You see, you've got to humble yourself. You've got to tell the truth. You have sinned. You know, so many times people make up excuses why they left God. Oh, them church people, they got on my nerves. I got church hurt, and this hurt me, and this kind of thing, and this what they did, and that was you talking about, you focusing on all the wrong stuff. You left God. No matter what the church folk did, no matter what the people did, you left God. And you can't use that as your excuse you got to humble yourself. The Bible says every man, when he is drawn away, he is drawn away. When he is tempted, he's drawn away by his own lust. So you can't blame it on other people. you got to take full responsibility and ownership. And this is what this young man did. And this is what I did. He said, I have sinned against heaven. You see, those three words, I have sinned. It takes a man. It takes a true woman of God to say those three words. I have sinned. Don't try to come back to the Lord playing the blame game. Trying to blame it on other people. I would have did this if they hadn't have done that. Oh, I would have been if they hadn't have done this. I would have. I, no, 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 no. There was something in you that drew you 
away from the Lord. So let's put the fault where it is. No matter who did what to you, there was something in you that wasn't right. And at the bright opportunity, you left the Lord. And you have been miserable ever since. You find no joy. You have no peace. It's time to come home. Time to return unto the Lord. It's time to arrive and go back to your father and and, and repent of your sins by simply saying, Father, I have sinned. Asking the Lord, who is full of mercy, to forgive you. He said, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Now, the father could have agreed with him. The father could have said, all right, I'll take you back as a servant. You can work your way back. But he did not. For his mercy endured forever. This God that we serve, God is love. This is what the father said. He said, bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. You see, he went back home, torn and tattered, didn't even have no shoes on his feet. And the father said, bring the best and put it on him. And he said, bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. In other words, let's have a party. Let's have a celebration. He said, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost, found, and they began to be merry. This just reminds me of the song, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. You know, sometimes it amazes me how people want to talk about your past. They want to throw it up in your face or they want to try to spread it uh, 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 as gossip behind your back. Say, do you know what she used to be? Or do you know what she was? And, you know, uh, it, it amazes me that they don't really hear what they are saying because the operative word in their sentences is used to be or was, which is past tense. Because maybe she used to be all of that. Maybe she used to do all of that. But look at who he is today. 
Now, we are the redeemed of the Lord. Now, we are the sons of God. Glory be to God. This prodigal son, he went back to his father's house, and he received total restoration. Total restoration. Let's look at Joel 2 and 25. And the scripture says, And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worms, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worms, my great army, which I sent among you, and you will eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that have dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. This is restoration. He said, I will restore to you the years that you have wasted. I will restore to you, you back together again. Glory be to God. He said, I will do it again. I did it before, but I'll do it again. I'll do it again, says the Lord. And to restore means to put back, to return, to repair. But you don't just put it back to its original condition. You always restore something, someone, by making it better. God restores us to a right relationship with himself through the gift of forgiveness, reconciliation, and justification. Glory be to God. Through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we know without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. Turn with me now to Psalm 1. David wrote this prayer when he had sinned against God. And this is what he said. This is what godly sorrow looks like. You see, repentance is not just saying, I am sorry. Repentance is turning from sin. It's turning from it and turning to the Lord. So David wrote the 51st Psalm. He said, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression. My sin is ever before me. David did not try to blame it on Bathsheba. He did not try to blame it on Uriah. He did not try to blame his sin on anyone. He admitted it. He acknowledged that he had sinned against Almighty God. 
every backslider that's listening to the sound of my voice tonight, if you will confess that you have sinned, if you will acknowledge your wrongdoing, God will restore you. He will restore you. He will restore the years. David said, I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is ever before me. He said, against thee and thee only have I sinned, Lord, and done this evil in thy sight. He acknowledged that by him having an adulterous affair with Bathsheba, that he had done evil in the sight of the Lord. He didn't try to minimize it. He didn't say, well, everybody's doing it. He didn't try to justify it. He acknowledged that he had done wrong. He said, I have done this evil in my sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. In other words, if God had judged David, David knew he would have gotten his just punishment. He would have gotten what he deserved. He knew the fault was not in God, but in him. He said, behold, I was shaping in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desires truth in the inward part. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with kisses, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart. David knew that the problem was in his heart. The sin originated in his heart and that the heart is desperately wicked. He said, renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. He said, and whatever you do, God, Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. You can take the kingdom. You can take the child. You can take Bathsheba. You can take the crown. You can take it all, God. But don't take your spirit from me. Because David knew that he could not live when he could not live. And neither can you. Neither can I. You see, we sometimes, we start looking at what we'll give up, what we'll lose. If God, if we, if we start, uh, if God takes things from us. You know, if I go back, I got to think about what I'm going to have to give up. You don't have anything to bargain with God. If God takes it all, as long as he don't take his spirit from you, you are doing good. 
You start thinking about, oh, I'm going to have to uh, uh, let go of this. Yeah, you got to let it go. You can't stay in sin and be repentant. Oh, if I, if I let go of this, if I go back to the Lord, I'm going to have to let go of this. Yeah, you got to keep it up. Sin will take you longer, farther than you wanted to go and make you stay longer than you intended to stay. Sin is evil, cruel. Sin is wicked. And the pleasures of sin are but for a season. And that season is very short. The enemy paints a picture, but it's a false picture. It's a, it's a picture of deception. He is a master deceiver. He wants you to think if you do this, 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 you're going to have this, this, and that. And you're not going to have that. You're not going to have any peace. You're not going to have any joy. You can't have, there's no rest for the wicked. Backslide. Come home. Come home. You're living a life beneath your privileges. You're paying a high cost for low living. You're not happy. As a matter of fact, you're miserable. I would encourage you, go back home to your father. Fall on your knees right where you are right now and confess. Confess your sins for the Lord. David said, Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy sweet spirit. David asked God to restore him. Say, God, I used to be a man of God. I used to walk with you, God. I used to enjoy fellowship with you. I used to know your voice, oh God. But I have not heard your voice in two years, God. He said, restore the joy of my salvation. Somebody who's listening to the sound of my voice tonight, you used to enjoy your fellowship with God. You used to enjoy being in relationship with him through Christ Jesus. You used to enjoy serving the Lord, going to the house of God. You used to enjoy praising him and worshiping the Lord. You used to enjoy your quiet, quiet time. In God's holy presence. And you need God to restore, restore the joy of thyself. Glory be to God. I'm calling you back tonight, Backslide. I'm calling you back. 
to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He is ever merciful. His mercy endures forever. He has loved you everlasting love. You have no idea how much he loves you. It is God's will that none should perish. You don't have to stay in sin. You don't have to stay in your backslidden state. You don't have to stay out there. You can return into the Lord right where you are. Right where you are. Right where you are. He said, restore to me the joy of salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy way and sinners shall be converted. He said, then. He said, then I'll go forth and teach others. Hallelujah, your word. You can't put the the cart before the horse. He said, God, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And then I'll teach your word. Then I'll preach this gospel. He said, then I'll tell people that your mercy endures forever. He said, then, Lord, then I'll be about my father's business. Then. He said, when you, when you restore to me the joy of my salvation, then I will walk in my purpose and calling. Then. Not before, but then. He said, I will teach transgressors thy way. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. Thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. He asked God to deliver me. David knew he needed to be delivered. He said, Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy grace. He said, for thou desires not sacrifice, else I would give it. See, so many people think that they can give God something, 
can give this money. I can give this to the church. I can do. He said, if you desire that, I would give it. He said, you don't delight in birth offerings. He said, but the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Brokenness. Godless sorrow over your sin. If you will cry out to God right where you are tonight, he will hear your cry. The scripture says, this poor man cried unto the Lord. And he heard my cry and pitied my God. You got to humble yourself. Your sin and acknowledge your wrongdoing. He said the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, thou will not despise. That's God in time. When you are broken over your sin, that's when you have the heart of God. Not broken that you got caught. Not broken that you found yourself in a pig pen. But broken that you had sinned against Almighty God. That's when true repentance can come forth. Godly sorrow. Walketh forth repentance unto salvation. There's so many times people are trying to put the cart before the horse today. They want to preach, they want to teach, they want to do all of this. They've never been broken, never had the godly sorrow, never repented of their sins. Godly sorrow comes from deep within. <clears throat> the last two verses say, Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then <clears throat> shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings. <clears throat> And whole burnt offerings. Then shall they offer bullocks upon mine altar. David wrote this song when he repented of committing adultery with Bathsheba, and he had her husband murdered. He repented when Nathan the prophet confronted him. God sent the prophet Nathan to him. Beware when God sends you a prophet. 
returning to Luke chapter 15. You see here that this prodigal son, he had this godly sorrow. And his father restored him. He received him back. And we know how the end of the chapter goes. The elder brother got jealous. Wouldn't come to the party. Envious. Felt that his father loved his younger brother more than him. And this is what the father said. He said, son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. He said it was neat, it was fitting, it was right that we should celebrate the return of your brother and be glad. He said, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Was dead and is alive. Thy brother was dead, is alive. Was is past tense, is is present tense. He is alive again. He was lost and is found. This whole story is a moving portrayal, a loving father's persistence and seeking out the lost. That's what this whole story is about. A loving father. A loving father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. I say to the backslider tonight, come home. God wants to restore you. He alone can restore the days and the years that have been lost due to the effects of your sin. God promises us in Revelation 21 and 5, Behold, I make all things new. He will make all things new. This my son, which was dead, he will resurrect, he will restore, 
and resurrected. God brings the dead things to life. And I close with this, Second Corinthians 5 and 17. Any man be in Christ. He is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you are backslided at night, and you heard this message, I encourage you to come home. Father loves you, and he is waiting for your return. Every day, he looks for you. Every day, he waits by the side of the road for you to come home. May God bless you. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International, located at www.wallsoffiredeliveranceMIN.com. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Good night.